What do you mean they can't find Todd? Did he run away? And they think he might come here. Oh, wow. What are we supposed to do? They're out looking for him now. And his doctor is on her way over here. Brad, are you almost done? I want a slice of turkey. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right, hurry up. Listen, let's just pretend just don't want to spoil things. I mean, it is Thanksgiving, and everyone's been looking forward to the dinner so much. Anybody else need more turkey? No, I'm pretty good, thanks. Mm. For a minute. Mm. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Everything okay? I bred everybody. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. Gobble, gobble, film effect fans, and happy Thanksgiving to every one of you as we begin an all-new episode of the Film Effect Podcast, giving you full effect deep dives for the Film Effect Archive. Choosing the right film for our Thanksgiving episode may seem like an easy task, but the number of possibilities can start to feel heavy when you're tasked with narrowing those possibilities down to just one. However, this year, we're thankful for having a very special guest co-host making his annual return to the podcast, and once we got confirmation that he was in... The film we're covering became a no-brainer. So for this year's Thanksgiving episode, I'm Ed. I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And this is Blood Rage, a.k.a. Slasher, a.k.a. Nightmare of Shadow Woods. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. I just don't want to spoil things. Anybody else need more turkey? No, I'm pretty good, thanks. I don't like to talk about my brother and give nightmares. Thanksgiving. You know, somebody ought to tell him to get inside. Nobody should be out with my brother around. He looked exactly like Terry, except he had this really wild, crazed look in his eyes. There's somebody after me and he's chasing me and he's trying to hurt me. You're gonna hurt my kitty. Oh, God. You're a real sweetheart. Now that, a real sweetheart. It's not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. In blood rage, a woman and her adult son are stalked at their remote apartment community on Thanksgiving by the son's unhinged twin brother, who has escaped from a psychiatric institution after allegedly murdering a man years earlier. Josh G, welcome back to the podcast, buddy. It's always a good time whenever you're around, so how have you been, man? I have been good. I appreciate you having me back. And as we've talked about, recording at weird times because of my schedule. (laughs) All those sides. Pleasure having you back. I know we only get to have you at least once a year, so we uh, always tend to make it a good one. What was the last time you were on here? Halloween H2O? I think so. That's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. That's what so. I was thinking, too. So, all And right, this uh-huh. is the first time I've ever sat in on an episode with Josh. Uh, on our pod, I've been on his podcast, but on our podcast. So it's, um, it's a pleasure. Right. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Absolutely. Me, too. Me, too, guys. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, well, 
Start like we always do. Talk first time viewings. Oh my goodness, I remember the first time I saw that picture. I thought it was just wonderful. Uh, so I'll go first. Uh, for me, three or four years ago, not long after I first caught wind of the film after uh, an episode of Dead Meat, James Janice was covering this for Thanksgiving. It wasn't long after that episode first aired because I was like, I, I, I got to see this movie. I had never even heard about this movie until that episode on, on the YouTube channel. And ever since then, dude, I picked up that fucking Arrow copy and I just watch it as much as I, I at least watch it once a year, you know, it's, it's now become a Thanksgiving film for me, so, um, yeah, that was mine, how about you, uh, dude, Justin, how about you, man? Uh, for me, it was last year, borrowing your copy, um, yeah, I'd, I'd heard about it years ago, um, and was like, that sounds interesting, you know, I'll keep an eye out for that, didn't, like, pursue it, but right. just kind of kept it in the back of my mind, and, I don't know how it came up, um, but I, I, you know, maybe you brought up that you bought it, and I was like, "Hey, let me borrow that sometime." And and yeah, so fun, you know, eventually watched your copy and loved it. Yeah, because like I said, I had never heard of this film ever until that episode. So, <laughs> how about you, Josh? I gotta tell you, I thought that I was gonna come in seeing this the most recently, but I've actually seen it the longest because I, I guess I had about a year on you, Ed. Five years ago, when I first got into podcasts, there was a guy by the name of Elric Kane on Shockwaves who would talk about it and talk about it. So I waited till Thanksgiving mm. that year, five years ago. Right. Got up early that morning before the family woke up and watched it then, and that was my first time. <laughs> and like you, I had never heard of it, so I thought I thought you guys were going to have like grown up with this, and I just never heard of it somehow. But it's good to know I'm not in that boat. Okay, so we're in similar boats. That works. When I read yeah, about actually, it a few when I read about it a few years ago, it sounded like it was sort of like lost to time and had been rediscovered somewhere. Like, you know, somebody opened up some tins of film and this was what was in there. And I I, I think that's the story with this movie. But um yeah, I like I I had never heard of it as a kid. Well, let's talk about that. Normally this is where we would talk box office receipts, but I got none. But <laughs> we'll talk about how the film was made because, um, you know, it's an '87 film, but they they shot it in '83. They shot right. it down in Jacksonville, '83, um, but it wasn't released theatrically until '87 under the title "Nightmare at Shadow Woods" in a censored cut that was removed. That removed pretty much all the gore gags, and when it came out on home video, then it got the "Blood Rage" title. Even though the opening credits confusingly identify the film's title as Slasher. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. So yeah, this film has three titles. Um, Nightmare of Shadow Woods was when it came out in theaters, and then when it came on home video, and as it's been known since then, it's Blood Rage. Unless you're watching the film, and Slasher. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, before we talk about the film itself, let's do our pre-dive top five. Rob, it's your turn. Okay, I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. Janie Jones, Clash, from The Clash. Hey. Let's get it on, Marvin Gaye from Let's Get It On. Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, off of Nevermind. Oh no, Rob, that's not obvious enough, not at all. How about uh, Point of No Return on Point of No Return? Lewis, so you can uh, get up a- Shut up, shut up. <laughs> white Light, White Heat, 
Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though and not on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is Radiation. Top five Ooh. holiday slasher films. I figured, why the hell not? We've never done that on this podcast before, and this is kind of a fitting episode to do so, since we're talking Thanksgiving and all things considered today. Um, I'm going to let Josh, since you're the guest, I'm going to let you go first on this one. All right, first, a few honorable mentions, just to, you know, that I, I wanted to put on the list, thought about. Humongous. Have you guys heard of Humongous? Heard of it, never saw it. Okay, so I'm not sure if the whole film I got nothing. qualifies. Well, Ed, you'd be happy to know your friend Sean Clark is a fan of this film because I posted about it in a horror group I'm in and he commented talking about how he loved it one time. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, but the opening scene at least takes place over Labor Day. But I couldn't remember if the whole film does it or not. But then it cuts to, it takes place in the, it starts in the 40s and then cuts to the 80s when it was made. Really cool ass poster that the damn movie never could live up to, but worth a watch if you can find it uh okay this is probably gonna be surprised that it's not on my list black christmas i just have a few <laughs> that i like more i think most people have it in their list and that's fine i understand all right i had a couple more but i'm not gonna worry about it. let's get into number five this is one i can't believe i'm putting this i watched this for the first time about five years ago as well i had avoided it for years because of who's in it and that is a man by the name of Bill Goldberg and Santa Slay. Santa Slay. I, I, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed the hell out of this damn movie. It has a, well, it has a crazy ass opening with a ton of people in it. And he even says, move, bitch, get out the way to an old grandma driving a car. So what's not to love? <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number five. Does Goldberg nice. play Santa Claus? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know this movie. <laughs> And James Conn's in it too. Oh, geez. Yes. Yes. Check this out. James he's in Kahn, that. He's in that opening Fran, scene. Yes. Fran Drescher, Rebecca Gayhart, Chris Kattan. So all those people you're listing are all in that opening scene. Yeah, that part happens, of the fucked yeah. up family or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, but I, I had a blast with that, and I avoided it for years because of Goldberg being in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Justin, you want to go first? Yeah, or, I just or go next. Yeah, I ju- I just have one honorable mention, um, and it was actually it was my number five, and then I thought of one more that bumped it out, uh, but <laughs> it, and I haven't seen any of these any of the sequels, so it's just the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, oh, I had, I actually own all the sequels and the remix, so I can leave. I, I know I have to one. watch the second one. I've been meaning to get to the second. The one. second one is the first one almost. But it's got the trash day scene, so like I think garbage, you have day. To see garbage, garbage day. day, yeah, you have to see yes. it for that alone. I think so. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get to it eventually. But um, in, in the first one, I've only seen it twice, so it's not like a movie I've seen a million times. I remember when it came out and like the controversy around it, and I remember lying at school and telling the kids that I had seen it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I have more fond memories of it from that than the actual movie itself, but I do, I do like it. Um, but it was bumped out of the, the number five spot for trick or treat. The one from 1986 with, um, uh, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne and, uh, who's the main guy? Is it Skippy from family ties? Isn't he the main kid? Have you ever seen the 86 trick or treat? Everyone talks I about it. Not. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah, okay. It's it's good. I'm I, familiar with it. I know Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne yeah. have like cameos. Yeah, small roles. It's an entertaining movie. It's not the greatest thing ever, but um, it, it hits the spot when you're in the mood for 
you know, a corny 80s horror movie. Um, and some of it is actually done really well. Like, I, I remember really liking the first few minutes just as they introduced the character. I thought they did a well job, uh, a, a well done job of establishing him as just this geeky outsider, you know, this metalhead. I remember when those kids used to get picked on in school. So um, it's worth the watch, you know. I, I don't know what the hype on it is. People love it. It's not great, but it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, um, the band that actually performs in the movie, I don't think it's the band on screen, but like the, the actual performing band, mm -hmm. whatever it is, because again, I've never seen the film. I do know it's a band called Fastway, and the singer is now is Dave King. And if that name sounds familiar, he's the singer for Flogging Molly. So he used to be like a hair metal singer? Yes. Huh. And his vo his vocals are actually in this this movie Trick or Treat. Yeah. So, yeah, I figured you meant that one because the the two thousand seven one is not a slasher movie by any means whatsoever. Yeah. Um, hence it's why it's not on my list. Spoiler alert. But so let's talk about my list. I have several honorable mentions. Uh, without any particular, you know, uh, uh, position. Black Christmas is in mine as well. Silent Night, Deadly Night. I had to put that in there. Um, New Year's Evil, a film that I always talk about. I always bring it up just as much as I bring up Blood Rage. And Friday the 13th. Um, so yeah, there's my honorable mentions. Did you say Friday the 13th? That didn't make you... None of those? So none of those made your top five? Or are you just talking about I mean, the I just, I just, I just wanted to, you know, put the original for anything that... If it was a, a movie that had a franchise, I just usually put the first one in there, but... Okay, I'm surprised. I figured a Friday the 13th movie would have made your top five. Nope. Number five for me, though, I know you did last summer. And to me, it's a 4th of July horror movie. Always has been, always will be. So, and having watched the first two recently, still holds up. So, yeah, number five for me is I know you did last summer. Back to you, Josh. Hey, okay. Yeah, I, I understand. I thought about putting Uncle Sam, but it's just been so long since I've seen it that I can't, I can't justify putting it on the list because uh, my memory's fuzzy it's of got it. Isaac Hayes and Robert Forrester. That's all I remember about that movie. Wow, see, and, and, and Timothy that. Bottoms is also in that. That's all I got for Uncle Sam. Yeah, I, I, I really, I can remember how he looks, and that's about it. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Can't even talk about it. So. Like this. <laughs> yeah. So my number four. You guys are going to find this pretty low, but I'm going with the original Halloween here. Oh, whoa. I have some <laughs> that I just like. I just like more that I'd rather watch, but it's still a classic, obviously. So that's where I put Halloween. Nice. Damn. All right. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's me. Uh, my number four is Black Christmas. Um, a, a sort of like with Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Trick or Treat. It's not a movie I love, but. Um, I, I like it enough for it to be in the top five. Um, yeah, it, it's. I, I was gonna say it, it kind of. It, it's gotten more well known. There was a time where nobody really talked about Black Christmas, and for some reason, it, it like sprung up. And I'm glad it did. I think it deserves it. I'm a Bob Clark fan, so I, I, mm -hmm. I dig that. That's like one of the first things. It's it, that I don't think it's his very first, but if if not, it's one of the first things that he did. Um, so yeah, Black Christmas. 
And it's funny enough, that movie is coming up on its 50th anniversary. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that is, is insane. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of it. It's just, you know, it, it just narrowly missed my list. That's all. So, uh, number four for me is Blood Rage. I'm about to talk about it. That's all. Josh. <laughs> number three, one of my childhood favorites I love growing up. That's Leprechaun, St. Patrick's Day. I love that little guy. <laughs> I've always loved that little guy. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of the sequels are good. Part okay. Really good, but. Okay. Leprechaun. I didn't even think about that. Shit. <laughs> yep. Would a Leprechaun uh, movie have made your list if you had thought about it? It probably would have narrowed out. I know you did last summer for number five. I do enjoy that first film. Yeah. It's fun. It's a good time. Jennifer I love Warren Davis. I need to go back and rewatch that. I think my brother-in-law gave, just recently gave he like gave me a stack of old horror movies, and I think that was in there. First, I was like, I don't give a shit about this, but now I'm kind of curious. I got to check it out. And I love how Sci-Fi put out or Lionsgate and Sci-Fi put out that director, that that sequel that's um, directly from the first one, kind of like a yes. Halloween a Halloween yep. 2018 that they did right. with uh, Leprechaun Returns. I mean, they casted, recasted the, the, the character. It's not Warwick Davis anymore. But the, It's not Warwick Davis. They have someone But the guy who plays him, I like. Yeah, I like that Lyndon, Lyndon Porco or something like that. I don't know can't remember his name, his name exactly. But they, they did a voice actor to do Jennifer Aniston's part for and Tori. she sounds just like her. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh my God, what's his name? The guy who plays Ozzy's back. He's also chubby and Teen Wolf, but I can't think of his name right now. Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he comes back for the actual movie, though. Yeah. I'm still on the fence about what they did with his character, but anyway, I liked it. Where are we at? Who's, who's up? Uh, is it me or is it uh, Justin? My, my okay. number three. Uh, my number yes. three is Blood Rage, uh, Blood Rage, so we'll go nice. into it. All right, number three for me is a new one. Came out just last year. Had that much of an effect on me. It's already number three on my list. Christmas, Bloody Christmas. You guys familiar with it? Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Uh, yes, I watched it on Shutter last year when it hit. I watched it Christmas night. Okay. That's actually how I closed out my Christmas last year was watching that one Shutter, And, dude, I had a fucking blast watching <laughs> that movie Christmas <laughs> night by myself. It was a real fun time. So, actually, What is it like quickly? Like, what, What's it about? It, it all takes place in one night. It's a robotic Santa Claus that just goes haywire and starts... like It's like a Terminator situation where he just yep. like goes after this girl and just won't stop. Literally won't stop at nothing. And just, it's, it's, it's all, it takes place in this small like Colorado town on Christmas night. And it's just this girl just escaping this life-size robotic Santa Claus with an axe. Yep. I mean, that's. I mean, I, it's I normally just. It's a ridiculous just, plot, I, but it's an awesome movie. I just tell people it's the Terminator at Christmas time, and that's just how <laughs> I saw much. it. I'm like, look, it's Terminator at Christmas time. Have at it. Now, is it just and an actor playing the robot, or is it like an actual like CGI or some kind of? No, it's trial? an actor. It's just it's an actor, an actor and yeah. the effects are pretty legit. I don't oh, remember okay. any CGI being in the movie. To be honest with you, maybe at the end for some things, but. Even yeah. even then, when it becomes like robotic, like like the uh, Terminator, it's like practical. Yeah. So. yeah. And Justin, are you familiar with Joe Bigos? No. He did like Bliss and VFW. Oh, he has a very certain style, so and that's very apparent in the film. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I could watch Christmas Terminator, sure. 
It was fun, man. I, I was taken back at how much I enjoyed that watch. So, uh, we're at number two, Josh. Yes, my number two, Blood Rage. We'll get into oh, it. Nice. <laughs> cool. Uh, so my two and one are basic bitches, but it is what it is. Um, now I have to say for my number two, I have to preface by saying, and this is going to get me in trouble with you guys. Uh, Ed, you've probably heard this before. I'm not a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise. I just don't get why people love those movies as much as they do. They're okay at best. I, I just not my bag. But having said that, I love Friday the 13th part four. So <laughs> that is my number two. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, number, all right, we're up at me now. Yep. Uh, number two for me is my bloody Valentine. The OG 81, Harry Ward, bitches. Just, I, I've always loved it. Big, big favorite between me and Sean. So, yeah, Sean loved that movie. If he was here, he'd have it probably, he'd have that movie at number two or one himself. Yeah, definitely. If he was, if he was on this episode today. So, all right, number one. Okay. Justin, if, uh, just so you know, part four of Friday Thirteenth is my favorite. I just there decided not to put put those on <laughs> this list. I literally have the poster from that movie tattooed on my arm. That's the Jason mask I have. So I hear you. But my number one, you guys both. Ted White, it. rest in peace. Yes, you guys both mentioned in your honorable mention, but for me, it is my one. I've been watching it for years, and that is Silent Night. Yeah, Night. Nice. <laughs> I, 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 Surprise! That's your number one. Yeah. Wow. I, I love it. I love it. I just actually pre-ordered a, a book they're writing that's mm -hmm. like almost a novelization of it, but it's going to add a lot more to it. Oh, so, nice. That sounds pretty cool. It's supposed to be here in December, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I just... I've always been a casual fan of that franchise. Granted, after part three, the Ricky character just goes away completely, and it just... Every film is like a different plot. Yeah, um, it's one of those where they made a movie and then just attached the name to it so that they could try to capitalize. Yes. How many are they up to? Five, I think. There well, were the five. Remake, I guess. There were there were five. Then they had the remake. Which it's like only a remake by name that yeah, came out right. in 2012. Yeah. Um. Trying to think of um. But part five is fun, so don't don't well, that, get it wrong. That's what the toy maker. Yes, the toy maker with Mickey Rooney, who obviously famously uh, was very much against the original Silent Night, Deadly Night when it hit theaters. Yeah. And I then think of the word. How'd they get Brian him in the part you... five? Or did huh? you slap the name on after the fact? Is it one of those? I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know the story behind him being in it. Because <laughs> part four is directed by Brian Usna. Oh, wow. It's a total Brian Usna film. Oh, wow. Check that out. So... Um. Yeah, because what I, what I was getting at is like I like I said I had the whole I had the first two from Scream Factory. In fact, they're still in the um cellophane. Like I haven't even opened them. They're just, they they got the slip covers and everything. They're just sitting in my collection, chilling. And then I have the um three, four, and five that uh, Vastron put out last year. And then funny enough, I was at Best Buy getting because they have their like a lot of the stuff's nine ninety nine right now, Black Friday, four K sales, and in the middle of picking up a few films, I saw that they were selling the Silent Night remake from twenty twelve for five bucks. I'm like, well, shit, I've never owned this before for five dollars. Why the hell not? So, <laughs> bought that home and put it in the collection. So, let me borrow those because uh, 
Are they on? They're not 4K, are they? No. Okay. The yeah. But, I mean, when you crack them open at some point, let me borrow those. I want to watch it. I, mean, I need not, to rewatch. I'm the not first seeing one. them for any day. I'll open them up if you want to borrow. Yeah. Them. That's yeah. Fine. Definitely. I'd like to watch all of them. You guys. So, well, how about part three? That's the only one you didn't talk about at all. You sold me on four and five. What about part three? Bill well, Mosley as Ricky. Bill Mosley as Ricky. <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm sorry. And he's got, I, he's got like, watch all he's got this device on his head where like his brain's exposed or some bullshit. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't he know, took the, Chop Top and opened up. Yeah, the it's what I was gonna say. He's doing Chop Top again. <laughs> I mean, not that I have a problem with that, but that's what it sounds like. And it's also um, directed by Monty Hellman. Oh fuck, Jesus! I, yeah, I knew that would sell you. How's this series not more well known? Like, I just don't know. After the second one, I don't hear. Like, I didn't even know there was five of them. You don't hear any talk about that. No. I got to get on that, man. I'm working my way through Phantasm right now. I got to get up three, four, and five on that. Yeah, we were yeah, talking that's... about. It. I was talk, talking to you about that the other night. Yeah, if you got those, let me get those too. I love the first two, man. I'm, I can't wait to watch the rest of them. Yeah, I have the whole collection. Yeah. So, I'll just lay that on you. Nice. I'll have to meet up with you soon. Just lay a bunch of stuff on you. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Um, So, for my number one then, uh, Halloween 78. Um, And actually, you could extrapolate that and say any one of the first three. I love the first three Halloweens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it could be pop on any one of them. I'm happy. So, number one. Uh yeah, Halloween for me as well. Um, it's, it's not only my number one on this; it's just one of my all-time favorite movies. Period. So anyway, let's talk about the film. Let's get into the full effect film discussion. Hello again, friends. This is the Film Effect Podcast. Good morning, Film Effect. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the game right there. That's World War Three fucking hot recording right now. I literally never wanted to punch movie in its face more than I had last night. Definitely worth your time. It's it's definitely worth revisiting. 15 minutes in, I'm like, uh, Dorothy, we're not in Oakland anymore. It's in 4K, buddy. Check it out. So, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Starting with the casting crew. So, we got Mark Sopper from Knott's Landing and the World According to Garp as Todd and Terry Simmons. One thing that stands out and I know that I should be talking about this probably in pros and cons, but I'll bring it up now. Like one of my favorite things about this movie is how well and convincing he is as both of these two characters. Like he's got a personality for Todd and he's got a personality for Terry and they both just, it's, it doesn't feel like the same guy playing two different roles. You know what I'm, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He does a good job with it. It, I mean, good job. It's a little silly that, um, Todd just kind of like musses up his hair, like, and just puts on some like dorky <laughs> clothes. But he does a good job of selling. Beyond that, like, just beyond right. the physicality of it, like, he, even the physicality, the way he carries himself as Terry is much different than the way he carries himself physically as Todd. So, yeah, it's a really good performance. I, I agree, and I would say what's silly, Justin, is the fact that nobody can tell the difference. I'm like, they're so obviously different. How can you get these two confused? Yeah. <laughs> They always try to write it off with Terry. He's like, they're like, are you stoned? Like, they think he's just stoned. So I guess he like kind of a little slower and must up his hair or something. But the clothes are completely yeah. like, it's not even clothes that he would wear. So yeah, it's funny. Then we got Louise Lazar from 
mid-70s soap opera comedy, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman is Maddie Simmons, his mother, or their mother, rather. Um, I'm not sure if this is a bit that she's doing in this fucking movie or not. <laughs> I'm still on the fence <laughs> on what this exactly is that she's doing. Because I the, feel like she's fucking with us. It's pure awesomeness. It, it's it, it's one of my favorite it's, performances ever. I, I absolutely love this performance. When I watched it last time, so I watched it yesterday for uh, my rewatch for this. And this is the third time now I've seen it. When I watched it, it was either earlier this year. I think it was earlier this year I watched it again. And um, I was convinced that it was like the movie itself was just a comedy. Like they they're doing this on purpose there's no other Gotta explanation be. for it yeah it's so i but then watching it again yesterday i was like i don't now i'm back to not being sure i'd like see it, are they doing this on purpose i'm, I, like, I'm kind of flip-flop back and forth <laughs> like seriously like i i i don't know i it's it's the way she acts when you first see her when she goes to visit uh todd versus like later on in the night when she's like in her seventh glass of wine <laughs> and she's on the floor in front of the refrigerator just hand feeding herself leftovers uh, or the phone trying to make friends of operators <laughs> yes. I mean come on now oh man um, Marianne Cantor the film's producer plays Dr. Berman Right. so the story goes uh, I, I don't have a name I don't have an actor who was originally supposed to play this character but uh, the day they started production they just no called no showed basically and just did, did not show up <laughs> on set so they were like just kind of panicking and, and the producer of the film the sole producer mind you stepped up and was like yeah I'll, I'll be the doctor just no experience whatsoever and it shows what's yeah, it screen. shows I, and I love it I'm glad that she did I love the, another one I love her performance too like uh, pretty much all the performances like which are all either batshit crazy like Louise Lasser um, or kind of amateurish like I love all of them like the the, the amateurish ones are, are just so funny and so fun to watch that oh yeah uh, yeah just across the board and the doctor's one of them i didn't realize that she was the producer of the movie but that, that i love her before yeah. i'm kind of bummed that she's not in it more <laughs> right yeah i learned that i think two years ago i actually have covered this on my own podcast in fact ed i have to laugh i'm, I'm realizing that i cover blood rage every two years now because i covered it in 2019 i covered it in 2021 and now here i am in 23 covering it again on different podcasts so Boom. i'm becoming a running gag with me to cover blood rage who's gonna cover days. the film in two years from now i don't know <laughs> somebody that's listening reach out to me in two years i'll be ready that's great uh julie gordon plays karen girlfriend the final girl this is her first role she actually has an introduction credit in the opening scene um, you know, she's green. You can tell. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, here's an interesting thing. Ed French plays the boyfriend Bill, the date that the woman's going on the the, the sugar daddy. He was like a complete dork who's like you oh, know, yeah, saying you shit like liqueur and shit <laughs> with yes. the suit, that goddamn like brown suit. Anyway. He's the makeup artist for the film. He's actually an Academy Award-nominated makeup artist. He was nominated for his work on Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. 
He did work on T2, Amityville Horror 2, Creepshow 2, The Original Sleepaway Camp, and Terminator Salvation. He's retired now, but just and this film as well. He did uh, makeup stuff for this. Um, so yeah, he uh, created his own head for his death scene. <laughs> I don't know, I just always find that interesting that, that that guy is the fucking makeup artist for the movie. Yeah, see, I don't and know then, any of the like behind the scenes stuff. Like I, I just maybe the first yeah, maybe I was gonna <laughs> say maybe after the first time I watched it I was interested, but like if I did, I didn't retain any of this. So like I just kind of love the um you know, fly by the seat of your pants nature of this movie. Like there's just grabbing yeah. people who are behind the scenes and throwing them in front of the camera. And it works, like that could go horribly wrong. And um, it just works so well here. Like, everybody's so charming. And, and, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because I feel like even if they got, like, better actors to do all these roles, this movie would go down. Yeah, it wouldn't the be charm would be gone. Right. <laughs> yep. 100%. The more you know. <laughs> and, of course, I would be remiss if I did not bring up Ted Raimi in there the opening go. scene <laughs> as the condom salesman. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at a drive-in in the 80s, that had to be a lucrative side business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this was 74. Sure. I don't repeat. I think in 74, not so much. You're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, well, I don't know. Scene. They didn't they didn't do a very convincing job of making it look like 74. Like, they put a little bit of effort into no. it with the cars, but some of the costumes <laughs> are clearly from 1983. Like, they could have yeah. used some more bell bottoms. <laughs> right. <laughs> they That's made fair. no That's effort. Fair. To make Louise Lasser look ten years younger, like she looks. Oh man, wait till we get to that. <laughs> Holy shit! And then rounding out the crew, we got the director John Grismer, written for the screen by Bruce Rubin, produced by Marianne Cantor, who also plays the Doctor. Cinematography by Richard E. Brooks, edited by Christine P. Williams, and music by Richard Einhorn, who went on to do the music for The Prowler, Don't Go in the House, Sister Sister, and House in the Hills. You know, I'm going to be honest, there's not a whole lot of production notes I can find for this movie because it's just a really low-budget slasher film from the 80s, and not a whole lot of information is out there as, as it pertains to the uh, behind-the-scenes, if you will. So they shot the film in 83, even though it came out in 87, it was shot in 83 in Jacksonville, Florida, where producer Marianne Cantor had secured a large number of local film investors. Scenes on the nature trails were shot on a campus at the University of North Florida, while the apartment complex was located in West Jacksonville. Additional filming for the opening drive-in sequence took place in New Jersey. According to the producer of Cantor, the only reason she appeared in the role of Dr. Berman was because the actress that was hired to do the role from New York failed to show up. Cantor also noted that the production of the film was rocky, with star Luis Lasser and director John Grismer not getting along on set. According to Cantor, Grismer quit during the middle of the shoot, though she was able to get him to agree to return. The film's working title was Complex, though it was retitled to Slasher by Grismer. Alright, let's run down the plot. Todd and Terry are identical twin brothers. One night at a drive-in theater in 1974, young Terry sees his mother Maddie and her date begin kissing inside the car. Upset that his mother is back at it again, he wakes his brother and they sneak out of the car. Apparently triggered by his mother's promiscuity, Terry takes a hatchet and murders a teenager having sex with his girlfriend in the backseat of their car and then frames Todd by smearing blood onto him and placing the hatchet into his hand. Todd, too traumatized to speak on his own defense, is found guilty and committed to an asylum. 
Ten years later, in 84, a now adult Terry lives happily with his mother in a sprawling but secluded apartment complex named Shadow Woods. On Thanksgiving Day, Terry's long dormant murderous rage is revived when his mother gets engaged to her fiancé Brad, who owns the complex. Terry also learns that his twin brother Todd, whom he framed for murder a decade earlier, has escaped from his mental hospital and may be heading home. Terry murders Brad by chopping his right hand off with a machete before splitting his head open. He plans on again framing twin brother Todd. Dr. Berman and her assistant Jackie arrive at Shadow Woods in search of Todd. Terry greets Jackie before murdering him with his machete and soon after cuts Dr. Berman in half with his machete in the woods. He discards his bloody t-shirt and changes into a vest. He then visits his neighbor Andrea, who is babysitting. Andrea attempts to seduce Todd, but he seems uninterested, before her mother Julie and her date Bill arrive home. Meanwhile, Terry's friend Karen bumps into Todd, who has arrived at Shadow Woods, and she believes he is Terry. When Todd reveals his true identity, she flees to tell her friends. She also tells Terry, who immediately disappears into the night in search of his twin brother, while Karen and her friend Greg and Artie go to Andrea's house to party. Upon learning that Todd has returned to Shadow Woods, Maddie begins to panic and drink heavy. Todd comes across Dr. Berman's body and becomes emotional. He takes Dr. Berman's gun and goes off in search of his mass murdering twin brother. Back at Andrea's, Bill has been decapitated by Terry, who then stabs Julie to death. Terry spies on Greg and Andrea playing tennis before he murders both of them by the swimming pool. Artie finds the bodies of Greg and Andrea before being held at gunpoint by Todd, who tries to convince him that it is not him, but actually his brother Terry who is murdering everybody. Todd flees when Terry sees him, leaving Artie with Terry. As Artie and Terry search for Todd, Artie is suddenly stabbed in the neck with a carving fork. Karen soon discovers the truth about Terry and Todd, and Terry chases her around Shadow Woods to kill her. Karen flees to Julie's house and discovers her dead body, takes the baby with her, and after a drunk Maddie contacts the police, she finds Terry's bloodied t-shirt in the garbage bin before making the horrifying discovery of Brad's body with his head split open. At the swimming pool, Terry has found Karen with the baby. Todd arrives and fights his brother inside the pool. As Todd is pulled out of the pool by Karen, Maddie appears and shoots Terry, killing him. She thinks she's killed Todd, not Terry. Upon realizing that she's killed Terry and not Todd, she becomes distraught while Karen flees with the baby. As the film concludes, hysterical Maddie commits suicide by shooting herself in the head while Todd watches. Police sirens are heard in the distance while Todd's fate is left unknown. Alright, let's talk about the film itself. Um, Jeez, where do we begin? We start in 1974, the Route 35 drive-in in Jacksonville, Florida. Where's Fred Durst at when you need him? Holy <laughs> shit. So we get our slasher title card, and then the camera starts following this jock-looking fella as he's getting popcorn during intermission and then making his way to the restroom to meet good old Ted Raimi in his bucket hat for some rubbers. Gotta love the 80s. Oh, wait, this is the 70s. Um, yeah, dude, I love that Raimi's just rocking this bucket hat, and he's got this fucking vest where he keeps his inventory and those gigantic <laughs> parasol glasses on his head. Ted's the best. Agree. He reminds me of one of those sleazy watch salesmen you see in like yeah, that's right. stuff that would just flip their jacket open with their selection. <laughs> uh, like your Dal Griffith type. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shower curtain rings. <laughs> yeah, that's such a wild fact. Shower <laughs> curtain rings. <laughs> so it's just a wild party at this drive-in, man. Various shots of couples making out during the movie. 
Except for this hippie. This girl ain't having it. She just wants to watch the goddamn movie in peace. Throws that damn popcorn at him. Yeah. <laughs> and then we settle in on this car with Luis Lasser's fucking, uh, what's her name? Maddie. And uh, her date. While her twin boys are pretending to sleep in the back. Yes. And I love how a much, much date, older couple compared to everyone else too. Well her date's like half her age because they wow. de-aged her by doing her hair and make, putting her in this ridiculous fucking dress. And that's <laughs> how they were like, All right, suddenly you're in your twenties. It's like, no. <laughs> well, I mean she still has what, 10, 11, 12 year old boy, so she's still older than most of those other people <laughs> <Right>. there. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I wouldn't say she's in her 20s to have 12. I mean, maybe she had him young. She's in her late 20s, maybe. Dude, she's in her 30s. You ain't convincing me otherwise. No, no, no. I'm talking about in the in the film. I'm not saying what Oh, she in the film, she's probably in her 40s. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just calling it like it is. You know, like, they did no job whatsoever with de-aging her or making her oh, no, look no, younger. Oh, no, definitely not. They made definitely. no effort. Zero effort. <laughs> and it's just wild to me that they're at this drive-in and, like, they're doing things that you would think a young couple would do. Like, this woman's in her 30s. She's bringing yes. her kids who are not babies by any means along for the <laughs> ride. They're literally sleeping or, or rather pretending to sleep in the back. And they're just getting hot and heavy like these other like these kids who are like half their age. It's just But they don't get too hot and heavy, which is part of the, the point is that she's kind of approved. Like Right. You know, she'll 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 go a little bit and then stop it. And that, that factors into like sort into Terry's character and his motivation. Yeah, because if it, well, eventually the dude just gets fed up and stops altogether. Right, right. The thing I find that funny... Point, the kids are gone. They yeah, that's out. what I was going to say. The thing I find funny about that scene, beside the fact that they didn't try to make her look a, a, a day younger, is that they have zero peripheral vision and notice that these kids yeah, are not there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not only that, they have an open window, but they don't climb out it. They open the door, right? which is going to be loud as shit. The car lights come on in the car, and they somehow don't notice it. And I'm sure they made zero effort to be, you know, silent or quiet while they closed it. And you could hear, you could feel at least the door being shut. Yeah, it's a funny scene. I put on uh, subtitles and I forget which one of the kids, but one of them's like, oh, great, mom's at it. That was it. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say, my favorite part about this whole entire scene is how one of them was like, here we go, mom's at it again. See, I forgot about that. That, that, yeah, because that's like, I, I think that Terry's whole, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I think Terry's whole motivation is like a, a whole edible thing with the mother, you know, like the weird relationship with her, and she seems to favor Terry. So they just have this weird relationship from the first scene that I think, mm -hmm. you know, informs the whole movie. Well, it's eventually what leads to her death in the very end. We'll yeah, get to that. Yeah, and uh, they're just you know fooling around, mess. They're just you know exploring, and Ta Ter 
hatchet. Which one is it? I'm getting I'm confused. Which one so, grabs the hatchet? Well, that's the funny thing. I, I don't know if this is intentional to try to throw it off, but I think it's just a goof. Todd grabs the hatchet, but then in the Terry's next scene, supposed to be the one Terry that, is the one that ha is holding it. I think he walks up and like snatches it out of his hands at some point, doesn't he? Am I misremembering Maybe that? Maybe that's what happens. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just like a bad, like, a goof I, th I think at some point he walks up and like grabs it out of his hand i could be wrong about that but i sort of think i feel like i remember that part because i was waiting for it to just be like a, you know it did not make sense to right. remember that being the case well so the dude that we followed in the opening shot him and his girl are completely fucking nude in the back seat yes no, they're not even trying naked. to hide it fuck ass <laughs> naked and Terry comes over, he's got this hatchet in his hand, and dude looks up and he's like, you know, buzz off. And like he just takes the hatchet and just fucking starts whacking him over the head with it. Like, yes, but he gives one of my favorite line reading, get out of here, you creep. Like, yeah. I love the way that guy in the car says that. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets this hatchet in the face, and let me tell you, man, the blood is running red, and the effects are excellent. Like, I, this is brutal. This this opening like hacking like he is like he, his face gets mangled, and he's just bleeding all over this fucking poor girl who's just like freaking out. And she finally gets out, and she runs away. And like I just feel like the camera pans on her naked body running away for a little bit too long. <laughs> but yep, yep, agreed. <laughs> takes off screaming. Todd gives or Terry gives a. Uh, he put, he smears some blood over Terry Todd's shirt, gives him the hatchet, and then that's when the mother appears, and it's like, "Mommy, mommy, he did it. He, he went crazy." <laughs> Whatever he says. pretty much fast forward to what 10 years later or something like that yeah. yes 10 years later yep. yes and the film becomes like a documentary of sorts when maddie goes to see terry and we're introduced to the psychiatrist played by like i said the film's producer and after 10 years terry's starting to remember certain events of his childhood that led him there that's that's the uh, idea we're running with right. and this i say documentarian because there's like a voiceover it was so weird. Like the two characters it's start so talking, odd. and then she begins a voiceover <laughs> to give that exposition dump of what's happened, which we need. But it's so weird to see the character sitting there having a conversation, but we're hearing a voiceover that's not that conversation. <laughs> yeah, happening. it's it's a it's an interesting uh, decision that was done by the director. I thought that it was important for us to meet today because, as you know, I've been working with Todd the last few months. Dr. Berman's patient consultation notes, November 22nd, 1984. Saw Maddie Simmons, Todd's mother, for the first time today. I don't think she was quite prepared for what I told her, that after 10 years, Todd was starting to remember what had happened in the drive-in that night. Facing the fact that Todd's memory of the incident cast suspicion on his twin brother, Terry, 
was not that easy for her. On Terry? What, are you crazy? Her position on another issue was also somewhat negative. No! No! No more tests! No more tests! My children are not skinny pigs! My past work with hysterical patients helped me calm her down. Then we cut to a bunch of teens playing football at the park. This, this psychopath Terry is introduced. Okay, to hold, hold on, Ed. Hold on, Ed. Oh, I am I getting ahead? I want to just bring up one thing when she's at the doctor's office and oh, she's given she's given Todd the news and bringing him his pie. Yeah, you skip and the he gets pie. mad and just squeezes the shit <laughs> oh, out of his yeah, pie and the throws it against pie. the wall. I just laugh so hard every time that happens. <laughs> I forgot that that was that scene. Yeah, <laughs> bare hands is. It's like the old school pie where it's like tied with a, with a string on both sides and all. And <laughs> she just grabs it and squeezes it with his bare hands. She's very oh. proud of that pie, too, because she brings it up later when she's talking to the operators. So that pie yes. means like the delivery of that pie means a lot <laughs> to her. And he just fucking wigs <laughs> out on it. It's <laughs> sacred pumpkin pie. <laughs> Uh, yes, but I couldn't let us go without talking about that because I just find that shot. <laughs> no, all good, man. All good. So, like I said, we cut to this teen, uh, this part, a bunch of kids or teens playing football, and Terry's introduced to this woman who he openly starts crushing on in front of his current girlfriend, and yes. even invites her over to the, the apartment for Thanksgiving. In front of yeah, the they're brand new to the apartment complex. Yeah. Which, by the way, I did not realize this was an apartment complex the first time I watched this. At this point. So that plays into a scene here in a little bit. I'll mention, but but also let's talk about this. This is Thanksgiving. We haven't mentioned this is taking place on Thanksgiving this Day, is Thanksgiving, which is recovery. Correct. I know it's Florida, but is it that hot to have short ass <laughs> shorts and tank tops? And I then mean, you have the yeah, one random guy. It's pretty in warm. Jeep. I mean, I have family down there who always talk about how it's always constantly warm. And I would understand if it was Miami, but we're talking Jacksonville, which is at the very top of Florida. That's true. At least, That's so. true. It does get cold in Jacksonville. I was in or, uh, Jacksonville, yeah. I was going to say, I was in Orlando in November when I was a kid, and it was okay. warm. It was like 70s. It wasn't hot. It was it was nice, you know. It was it right. shorts. It was shorts and shorts. Maybe not tank. Well, no, you could probably get away with a tank top. So, yeah, I guess it okay. depends on where you're at in Florida. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. But it's just, and then there's this one guy randomly dressed in long sleeves and jeans. <laughs> well, yeah, I just assumed they were on a, a college campus because it just cuts to these college age kids, like, <laughs> in the, you know, it you seems think, like they're on right? the quad playing a game of football. And then you, you find out it's the apartment complex. And then, you know, you got the one chick, everything's just party. Yes. I came here to party. It was I love party. her. She she's another one of my favorite performances in the movie. She does some stuff throughout. That she's I, got a I PhD in partying. <laughs> I love her character. Hi, come on in. Want a drink? I love one. Hey, Ed, you got vodka and tomato juice, or tomato juice and vodka? Just tomato juice. Sure. I don't drink. Okay. Any news on your brother? No. Heard about what he did. Must have been a drag for you and your mom. I don't like to talk about my brother Todd. It gives me nightmares. Sorry. Let's talk about something else. Okay. Got a major yet? Psychology, and you? I told you. Partying. Right. Yeah, this leads to the Thanksgiving dinner, and everyone at the apartment complex is enjoying themselves, and then suddenly news breaks out that Terry's brother Todd has escaped 
and his head in their way. And I fucking love when Terry's mom asks him not to mention the news to anyone. <laughs> and the, first and the thing second he, does... he gets to the table, he's like, oh, my brother just escaped from the mental institution. He's heading here. I also and... love that they announced their their engagement to be married and they're doing a toast and Terry's just drinking a glass of milk. Yeah. Which he references <laughs> over and over that he doesn't drink. Just, I love that. Well, that's why he gets pissed and that that's why he brings up the, the escaped brother after she asked him not to is because he's mad about the fact that she's getting married you kind of see his reaction oh, yeah, when they yeah, announce absolutely. it and right. that's his way of like getting a dig in on her but i just love after he does it and he tries to just act, act like nothing happened like could you pass the uh, the green beans and like he just tries to move on the way she just sits there and stares at him for like a good 30 seconds is fucking hysterical we should talk about the fact that he runs the apartment complex like he's like the tenant or whatever like he okay. Okay, uh, okay, this this is what I was talking about when I said I didn't know they were an apartment complex, and when the doctor comes to the house, which, first of all, how they approach the house is hilarious, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. I just want you said he was the manager. When he answers, the, he comes to the door after they've had their little thing, and he's like, I'm the manager here, and I didn't know this was the apartment. I'm going, you're the manager of what? The house? Like, is that how you announce yourself? The manager of the family. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because I hadn't realized it was an apartment yet my first time. <laughs> He's just like, I'm the manager. And I was like, I manage this house. What do you want? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, Brad runs the joint. Yes. And I don't know. Terry's doctor, like you said, and her, whoever this guy is, like her assistant, her assailant, whatever, shows up looking. They're both looking for... uh Terry. But I mean, knocks on the door, and when he answers it, immediately slams Terry against the wall and yeah. puts a gun at him. I thought it was a yeah. prank at first. Like, I thought it was some one of Terry's friends playing a prank because it's obviously not like a, if I remember correctly, I don't think it, or no, it is sort of like a pistol looking gun. But yeah, like, I, I just, I thought it was a prank, going to be a prank okay. of some sort. I wasn't expecting that. So when that happens, it's even funnier. It's like, holy shit, like, that's, that's bonkers. And then I think what's even funnier is when Maddie comes to the door and she's talking, talking, talking. Then she visibly looks down at the gun and goes, what's that guy? What's that guy? <laughs> what's yeah. That guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then we learn it's a tranquilizer. Right, it's a, a tranquilizer. tranquilizer. Right. And then after this, pretty much dinner's over and everyone leaves and um, uh, Maddie starts with her drunken shenanigans because essentially what's going on is everyone's starting to get picked off one by one now by Todd. And this is all like Terry. the first 20 minutes of the movie. Like they don't drag all this out like for 40 minutes. Like the killing starts within the first 20 minutes. Like they, they just get yeah. to it. Terry don't fuck around. I mean it's an 80 minute movie to begin with. It's a real brisk of a film yeah, yeah it's like and an hour no i love minutes. that yeah it's per that's a perfect runtime. i love that and as soon as this thanksgiving dinner scene uh ends like and and the doctor and her whatever shows up they all start dying start with brad brad's in his office or bedroom whatever the hell. he's at his desk yes. and and uh terry slips in with a machete he's got a goddamn machete he's carrying around and he takes this thing and just like cuts his hand off while he's I like this effect because he's like it's a great he's effect got yeah. the beer can in his hand and like he chops it off and like it's still squeezing the can it's shaking and like it's it's got that fizzing effect and looks pretty good and then 
pretty, the rest of his death is off screen because he gets yeah failed. we find out that later, he's discovered yeah. all hacked up yeah. yes. it's funny enough it reminds me of Jeffrey Combs and I still did it last summer when they find his body he's all hacked up in similar fashion by Machete and then the doctor and her assistant or whatever he is they get it next um or no, just the doctor, right? Because she's out in the woods. Yeah, because she tells him just to hang around the apartment yeah, in case he comes right. back. And she takes the tranquilizer gun out into the woods with her. So, yeah. Yeah. And he goes out and, like, we just see this POV shot just runs towards, like, like it's a creature or something, like, or an, or an animal. And, like, she's got this look of fear in her face. And then all of a sudden, next time we see her, which is, like, cut to the next shot... It's her split in half on the ground, and she's like in shock. Like, oh, well, no, it's, it's later it's, because I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, it's clearly her underground, right? With, like yeah, the top portion of her body, you know, underneath a, a fake uh, there, There's a scene or two interspersed in between him charging her and then the cut to her and in, in cut in half. Because I remember thinking, like, when they cut away from her death, I was like, oh, that sucks. I like, I kind of, I wanted okay, to so see. Then, then there is, okay, I didn't. There's a cut there because I was bummed. I was like, oh, I, want, I wanted to see. I mean, obviously she got killed, but I wanted to see the right. effect, you know, and like they cut away. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a cheat. And they do a scene or two. And then when they cut back, it's so fucking funny that it was like, oh, that was worth it. Like, you know, <laughs> they, I didn't have to see him slice through her. Just the aftermath was so great that it was worth it. So, and, and Ed, I don't know if you have this, but Ed French actually had created an effect where those legs were up walking around. <laughs> and, he, and he says he doesn't know why it never made it into the film. Uh, that would have been awesome. That would have been, yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool to see. So then there's a lot of other shit going on with the other people around that were you know, the friends, the the occupants of this community, I guess you could say. At like, um, Party Girl is like moving from guy to guy. Fucking, the, the, we got the, the Ed French scene with Bill. And he's, well, that's Party Girl in that scene. She's babysitting well, she's that She's babysitting, kid. that's right. And yeah. Terry comes over. Because she right. he, she was having dinner with them earlier, and uh, she said she was going to be babysitting, and she's and like, "Why don't Bill you come tries. over?" And he, he's got a whole flirtation with her right in front of his girlfriend, which was kind of funny to me how blatant it was. So he, well, what's yeah, he what's what's hilarious is he was very blatantly flirting with this girl, and then he gets over there and has a chance, and he's like, yeah, "I'd rather just watch." TV. <laughs> right. yeah. And she yeah. she throws herself at about three or four guys in this movie before somebody finally bites which is crazy she's she's not like a supermodel but she's a cute girl and like right. like ready to party and like all these guys all these college age guys were just like eh, i'm gonna play video games or i'm gonna do I was this gonna say just, two guys play nintendo yeah it's funny and, how this girl just keeps getting rebuffed through the whole like half the movie yeah <laughs> and i know you mentioned Artie earlier those two guys are greg and Artie. that's where the Artie came from okay okay yeah um, yeah, because, like, uh, Bill kind of, like, lectures them about, you know, drinking and all, and then we had the moment with him and his date, and he's like, ooh, coconut liqueur. <laughs> Creme de mint. I'll be right with you, honey. Wow. Coconut liqueur. I never had a coconut liqueur. What do you do? You take it straight or on the rocks? Huh? <laughs> well, anywhere you like it. Not for children. 
jelly thing to put on a liquor bottle. <laughs> not for children. Of course it's not for children. Read it again. Body. Liquor. I thought you might like an appetizer. But he's another one. He's got like a, you know objectively attractive woman throwing herself at him and he's just like yeah like tugging at his collar like yay yay like he doesn't know yeah. what to do it's crazy well like, all the guys fair, in this she, movie are nuts to be fair she's just there she wants i mean she even says to the baby when she, she takes the, the baby, baby in the room like mama's <laughs> gonna get you a rich daddy yeah <laughs> Mama's gonna get you a rich daddy. <laughs> and she makes Jesus. him pay for the babysitting fee while <laughs> right. which, which I, I went around in the 80s like that, but where are they going on Thanksgiving night? There's not a ton open, right? <laughs> of course you're right. Know. I don't know. Yeah, I never even thought of that. No, detail. I never thought about that. No. <laughs> no, well, like even later on, uh Andrea, the party girl, she says her mom went off for the night and they can go back to her place. I'm like, you just had Thanksgiving dinner with her. Where the hell is she going? All right, she She's, went to bingo. She's and, going to play uh, bingo. I was their say date that. Was, yeah, yeah, and their date was Chinese food. So <laughs> that's about the only place that would be open on Thanksgiving, probably. Is, you yeah, know, yeah that's Chinese fair. restaurant. That's fair. No, that's Christmas. Never mind. It's not Thanksgiving. Yeah, nobody oh, well. would be open on Thanksgiving. Well, they'll be open Thanksgiving if they're open on Christmas. Maybe a bar. <laughs> Hey, so, see now you got me thinking it's i never even like thought about the, like the obvious fact that they went out on thanksgiving now i'm not going to be able to not think about it like they're dressed nicely like it's a right nice yeah restaurant. they went somewhere nice exactly i'm sitting there thinking around here i'm like where did you go the waffle house and you dress like that that might be local she goes to get a shower real quick and and get and go and get slip into some you know lingerie he goes and answers the door because it does a, a knock at the door and then we get his off-screen kill. Because she goes and looks around. He's gone. He's missing. Can't find him. And then the, the, she goes to the door and opens it. And there's his head. Yes. And little gooey shit slipping. I like it. I do, too. I like what it. What I don't like, yeah, I like it is her reaction shot. <laughs> she's got her fucking eyes crossed. It's, it's crazy, the face that she's letting out in this reaction. It's what? bonkers. Well, hey, Ed, I'm glad you brought that up. Justin, another selling point on Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. There's a great cross-eyed reaction scene. Oh, there, uh, th there you go. I'm sold. <laughs> I'm, I, the thing that bugs me about this scene is that when she looked out to people, she didn't notice it was a head dangling on a string. Like, she legitimately thought the guy was standing there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like peepholes don't distort that much. Like, Come this on. is kinky. What are we doing? <laughs> uh and I then, do think we missed one death scene, though. Yes, uh, I was going to bring I'm that up. I'm not going in any order whatsoever, so... Okay, okay. Well, we'll the go assistant. back. In, the assistant to the... Like, he just randomly pulls out a joint and just sits on someone's patio, first of all. <laughs> I'm like, that's just someone's patio. You're just there walking around trying Doesn't to lure Todd out. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> care. And he gets but, stabbed in the stomach with the machete. He does. He gets a basic notice, he, it, basic, but at the same time hilarious because you can see the string in the yeah, back the pulling the machete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> and I wanted to bring that scene up also. There's this there's this meme that goes around every year, and it's him stabbing him, and it's talking about don't use marijuana even once. <laughs> and, and I like to post that every year. 
And Facebook flags me for it every time saying it's not facts. <laughs> Jesus. And last year, someone shared it saying, these ads from the 80s are just crazy. And I had to tell, I was like, yeah, this is a joke from a movie. It's not a real <laughs> ad from the 80s. <laughs> oh, so I'll be posting that on probably Thanksgiving, X, Twitter, whatever, on it. Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I'll be posting that. <laughs> Cause yeah, the, the 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 woman after she discovers Bill's head, uh, uh, Terry shows up and like kind of calmly walks her into her bedroom, and then that's the last we see of her until he later is chasing Karen around and he pulls the machete out of her chest. Yes. So she did. Why he just left it there the whole time? <laughs> and then Greg and Andrea are playing tennis, and. What they go. he's an asshole in this scene, by the way. He, yeah. kn- he knocks the shit out of the ball over the fence. He's like, You go get it, bitch. I mean, <laughs> I was like, God damn. And he fires a serve at her at the very beginning of the scene. She's like, How am I supposed to hit that? <laughs> <laughs> There's some kind of, yeah, you're right. He does. He starts off with a damn fire. At her, he just right. tees off on her. And then he just lays down on the court and waits for her to come back. <laughs> and then this leads to the most. Stiff-ass sex scene on a diving board. That's, like, that's in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a few scenes. Yeah, yeah, well, again, I'm not going in any order. I'm not yeah. going in any order whatsoever. I'm just, well, you know. Well, I, th- I think it's important because this does lead to a sex scene, but first we get the scene of them in the apartment playing the video games, the guys playing the video right. games, and Andrea and Karen or whatever, and they end up swapping, right? So that Andrea goes with Greg to the yeah. bedroom. They're so about having sex, having sex. And then all of a sudden you hear this scream. <laughs> and they go to check on him. And they've gone through this elaborate makeup <laughs> to make it feel like they've died. And I'm like, I thought you were going to have sex. What the hell is going on in here? <laughs> She's got this elaborate makeup plastered all over her face. And he acts like he's falling out of the closet just to pull a prank on him. And I'm like, you guys were all horny like five minutes ago. Right. What the hell happened while you were in there? And who was the horror makeup artist? Was it him or I guess it had to be her because the, the equipment was... The makeup was, artist uh, is what, Bill. Is it Bill? Yeah, the guy whose head's hanging. Well, you mean... No, no, I mean in the like, yeah, in it that had to, scene. It, like, it had to be him because it's on her face. So it'd yeah, be hard like, for her to have done that. Right. It's like oh, professional. Oh, oh, you're, you're talking about the actual scene. Out of the they characters. Got the like, right, right. Okay, okay. Like, knew how to do that. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> that whole scene is just fucking bonkers. Yes, it is. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> it is out there. <laughs> and while all this killing's going on, interspersed are the completely mind-bogglingly great scenes of Louise Lasser. Just like getting progressively more drunk and unhinged. Dude, I was about to cut back to her, but yeah, dude. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh my like, God. Yeah, dude, we, like, we have to talk about her performance in yes. great detail. Absolutely. The operator scene, the way, how <laughs> she gets so disheartened when she's like, just give me a phone number. Who do you want me to put you in touch with? And she's like, what do you mean, do I have a number? <laughs> And, be- and before that, what I think is funny is she's trying to call him in his office. She's like, no, he's my boyfriend. And I'm like, okay, you're in the apartment complex. If you're that worried, walk down. There. Right, it's not that right. far. <laughs> it's not that far. He's already walked there himself. Yeah, I just put here in my notes. Todd's out there killing the entire community off. All his mom's inside befriending random operators on the phone. Oh, great. 
That's a great idea. That's great. Oh, operator, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll wait. I'll wait. Hello? Ah, well, the problem is that um, my son just escaped from his school. Well, actually, he ran away. Actually, it, it's a mental institution. He ran away from his mental institution. Now, um, well, uh, well, now, I was there earlier today to bring him his pie. I, I always bring him an individual piece of pie with a, a, a white plastic fork and a napkin. And I put it in a little box with string. What? What number do I want? Get me my boyfriend. No, please get me my boyfriend. <laughs> what? What number do I want? What do you mean? Get me my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, she's she's the, eating cold ass leftovers. That's she just is, straight that, on dude, the floor. That's disgusting. But <laughs> yeah. that scene of her sitting in front of the fridge, just like barehanding that hand cold scooping everything. Oh my god, it's so fucking funny, man. I yes. like it's, it's I great. laugh out loud every time I see and that. She's and trying then, like, to pour the wine. <laughs> she's yes. drinking wine and vacuuming. Yeah, like the vacuuming, vacuuming deep vacuuming. under the bed. Like deep then, under the then bed. Then she's vacuuming, vacuuming everywhere. <laughs> like she's just like a fucking uh, Adderall or something. And then, oh, she's, so and then she just crashes. Because like Terry puts yes. her to sleep. Puts her to bed. But then the next thing you know, she's back up and running around. Yes. It's but, wild. Oh, we, we, something we didn't mention on Thanksgiving night. Before Brad actually went to the office, he was... Like, she just found out her son that she keeps calling it a school, the psych ward, the mental institution is that. She keeps referring to it as a school. But she's distraught <laughs> over that, and he's trying to force her to have sex, which is kind of like the scene in the beginning in the drive Right. Like, she keeps forcing herself. I'm like, she's not in the mood for that right now, dude. Like, leave her the fuck alone. This is not what she wants right now. Why are you not understanding? This? Oh, come on. Come on. I'll clean the dishes later. Let's go at it, baby. Like, Way to read the room, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, and this is who you've chosen to be your fiance? I don't know. We're not making good decisions here. So then pretty much all that's left is you got that arty guy who gets the... Um, well, this is the famous. That's not cranberry sauce scene because yes. they're they're walking that wood, that path in the woods, and uh, Terry's got a carving fork in his hand, and they discover on this railing, this wooden plank railing, this uh, bloody machete, and he's like freaking out. He's like, "What is that blood? Is that cranberry sauce? Is like, that's definitely not cranberry sauce." <laughs> Simmons, get over here. What is it? Take a look at this stuff. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> Be careful with that. <laughs> 
isn't cranberry sauce, Artie. That is not cranberry sauce. I see him. Where? Over there. Where? Where is... Oh! 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 Not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. <laughs> and that starts that bit. Yes. And well, that happens twice because it also happens. It happens yeah, four times. Yes. <laughs> yeah, when he's changing his clothes earlier in the movie, he like he tastes the blood on his like I think he might have wipes it off the machete or off his shirt or something like that, and he tastes it. And that's when he goes, "That's not cranberry sauce." Yeah, yeah. and that's that's another thing you talked about the director lingering on the girl at the drive-in. When he does the blood scene, he takes a shower, but he's clearly wearing underwear. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> but when Andrea's taking a shower, she's clearly naked yeah, and has yeah, no problem right. showed, showing everything. So Yeah, it was the obligatory 80s titty yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. had to get it in there. See, that carving fork in the neck had always made an impact on me. That's like, oh, yeah, it's a good one. Oh, yeah, I like that too. And then the. Um, the couple that we mentioned having sex on the, the, the diving board, well, they just yeah, get slashed to death with the machete. <laughs> and who else? Is that it? As far as it, because after this is when he starts, you know, chasing the final girl, Julia, around yeah. for like 20 minutes. Yeah, He's so literally chasing part, around like every right. freaking place that we've been so far. Well, like, that's the thing. The Friday the 13th. So oh yeah, it's it's, it's just well, typical slasher ending. Yeah. That's the funny thing about this. I'm like, how big is this apartment complex? They're worried about Todd, and he's like not finding his way. Well, actually, let me repress that. Have they been in this apartment that long? How does he know his way if he's been in a mental institution since? <laughs> right, I thought boy? that too. <laughs> how does he know how to get there? And when he does get there, can he not find his way around? Because we yeah, also get little scenes around. of him. He runs into Karen. That's when you talked about she was thought he are you high again, Terry? Right. You always get quiet when you're high. I'm like, yeah. Does he change his hair when he's high? Does he change <laughs> his clothes when he's high? Right. He's does he get real mild mannered? And, and I love her tells, reaction about kissing. He's like, oh, you should try sometime. Bye. Terry. Oh my gosh, Terry, you scared me to death. Oh, I thought you were hiding from me. Oh, so, um, listen, we didn't get much of a chance to talk at dinner, and, Mom, you want to talk? Hey, you're high, aren't you? <laughs> you always get real quiet when you're high. Well, Terry, well, look, um, <clears throat> you know, we've both been away at school, and, I don't know. We haven't talked to each other. You haven't written me any letters, and I've hardly even seen you since you've gotten back. And I don't know, Terry. I just love you a lot. And well, I want you to make love to me. You're shocked, huh? <laughs> well, Terry, come on. I wish you'd say something. I'm not Terry. I'm Todd. Um, Terry's brother? Oh, my God. I mean, um, so you're home for the holidays, huh? You seem nice. I've never kissed a girl before. Oh, yeah? Well, um, 
You really ought to try it sometime. I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, you should try it sometime. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, yeah, bye. I've never kissed a boy. Because she tells him, I'm ready to go all the way with you tonight. And he's like, I've never kissed a girl before. <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs into a little girl. Like, at first, I'm like, what is this scene all about? But it, it like, pays off later when Karen's trying to get into one yes. of the rooms. Yes. And when Julie's being chased or Karen's being chased around by Terry for the third act and there's a part in particular where she's like backs up on this porch and like he's kind of like mannequin his body's corpse and he like, yeah. like it's funny as shit he waves to her and all yeah, he's, he's talking her <laughs> and he gets to the point where eventually they take this chase to the pool and, and she's sitting there with the baby because at this point she's got homegirl's baby as well, and she's running around, you know, being chased with this carrying this baby. Yes. And she's in the pool sitting down carrying the, the baby. I was like, why? Why did you just sit down with the baby? Like you got far enough away from him right. when he's chasing you. <laughs> and then Terry like shows up, jumping on the diving board behind her, and she just gives off this why like she's <laughs> this poor tiresome just you gotta be shitting me reaction oh, God. and i like out of the whole apartment complex they they all go to the same like three or four apartments throughout this whole ordeal like yeah. she tries the one apartment where the girl won't answer and then just like gives up like doesn't try any other apartment to get somebody to call the cops or let her in. It's just this one. And she happens to pick the one where the girl will not let her in. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like, is everybody out of town? Like, right. Thanksgiving night just that busy? Like, that complex is normally have plenty of people around, but there's no one in this Some heavy complex. sleepers. <laughs> oh, no, I just love it. I love all of it. And then... This is where everything comes together in this pool house. We got Maddie coming in, Terry and Todd are there, Karen's there holding the baby, just looking at everything like, what the fuck is going on? Because she's learning about all this stuff herself for the first time, so she's taking all this weirdness in. And and she's finding all the bodies, like as she runs, she's finding everybody who's got right, killed right, throughout right. the night. Yep. And she's just witnessing her this this breakdown between Terry Todd and the mother cuz she goes she thinks she's killing Terry or she thinks she's killing Todd and ends up killing Terry and she goes and she thinks it's over and she's you know caressing or hugging um Terry thinking that it's Todd this is so confusing. Yeah. It's Todd. <laughs> She's hugging Todd thinking that it's Terry. Calling right? him Terry. And he's like, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. And then she starts saying, I'm Todd. And she's saying the same thing. I'm Todd. And it's, it just ends with her like slowly saying, I'm Todd over and over. And she grabs the gun that she had. And she shoots herself in the head and kills herself. Commits suicide. Oh my God. <laughs> Mommy, mommy's here. Come to mommy. You're safe. It's okay. You're safe. Oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. I hurt you so much. I'm never gonna hurt you again. No one's ever gonna hurt you again. 
It's us again. It's us again. It's just us again. No one's ever gonna separate us again. You're my whole life. I don't want to live without you. You're my world. It's safe here. I don't want to be with anybody else. We don't need anybody else. We just need to be with each other, that's all. Oh, God, you're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. You're the bestest. You're the bestest of the best. Just us, Terry. He's gone. Todd is gone. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. I'm Todd. No, no. It's off screen, but then we just see the gun slide in the frame. Like when she <laughs> fell, like she just kind of like her last move of action before she finally died was like she slid this gun away. Like it's just funny. It's a funny shot. But even yeah, and- before that, like the, the thing about that scene. So earlier in the movie, when Terry kills Andrea and Greg, he says, you're a bad boy, Greg. And they yeah. immediately cut to Lasser still on the phone talking to the operator, and she's going, not nice, not nice, which is sort of like a mirror of you're a bad boy, Greg. Right. Like, just creating this bond between her and Terry, that, you know, the, 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 you know, just strengthening that bond. And then at the end, when she's holding Todd, thinking that it's Terry, she's saying, it's just us. There's never, you know, no one's right. ever going to separate us again. You're my whole life. It's almost it's like a mother and a son, and then it gets creepy and like becoming like a like a man and like a woman that are in love, like have a romantic yes. relationship. Because I mean, she kisses him on the lips a couple times, right? Yeah. Which at that yeah. age you don't really do that, right? It's yeah, so... it's, it's a creepy relationship, that, and that's that's what fuels Terry throughout the movie. Like he he goes off whenever she's in a position where he sees her like having a relationship with somebody else. Um, you know, she she's willing to sacrifice Todd for Terry because she has some sort of weird feelings for him. So, I mean, it's a, a laughable 80s horror movie, like not to be taken seriously whatsoever. But that is unmistakably built into it, which, you know, gives it a little bit of a layer, I think, an interesting little something extra. Yeah, I can't argue that. I like that. All right. Um, 
Is there anything else that I missed? No, I think we just about, about covered the breakdown. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. Good. Again, it's a short. It's an hour and twenty-two minutes. Yeah. It's not. It's not a lot there, and it, it's a brisk hour and it's twenty-two. Very it, brisk. it goes like it, it hits the ground running and just like goes throughout. Yeah, the I guess thing. I guess I'll say this. One scene that made me laugh a little bit was when Todd comes back and he takes Artie at gunpoint to take him to Terry. And when he sees Terry, he points the gun at him and then just runs away. And I'm like, you had him. What the hell is <laughs> right, right. But, he, but he freaked out. I guess that childhood trauma came back. Right. 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 <sighs> just underscores that he's not the maniac that they all keep painting him out to right. be. There you go. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Let's get to the categories. Normally, we'd start by doing Trivial Pursuit, but kind of like the production history on this film. I couldn't find squat. So we're just going to skip it for this episode. Not a whole lot of trivia. Um, at least the ones that we do know of, we already talked about in the plot breakdown. So, you know, me, Justin and Josh already talked about the trivia that is out there as, as far as that uh, pertains to this film. So moving right along, starting what we thought about the film in the form of pros and cons. Robin, get me my legal pad. It's pros and cons time! Yeah! Alright, since Josh, you're the man of the hour, I'm going to let you go first, and Justin, then I will go. What are your pros for the film? Alright, so even though it took me about 30 minutes or so to figure this out, I do love the fact that this takes place in an apartment complex. I grew up <laughs> in an apartment complex. <laughs> I grew up in an apartment complex and explored the woods around me all the time. Hell yeah. And when I see them crossing that bridge and all those extensive woods, I'm just yeah. like, oh, I want to go there and spend yeah, some I can time see that. That's awesome. exploring. Uh, the performances. We've, we've talked about it. it. Some of them are amateurish, the way they play them. But I like them. I think it brings a lot of charm to them. So I, I like, I like. well, we'll get to MVP in a minute. So I won't say who I like <laughs> most, but we'll get there. The effects. Ed French. I think he does a good job here. And, of course, that beautiful short runtime. You know I love a short movie, Ed. <laughs> get me in, get me out, get me done. That's why I love H2O so much. Exactly. That's what I'm referencing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Justin. I mean, I can't, not only can I not argue with any of those, they would probably be all the same for me too. Yeah, the, the runtime, the performances, uh, the effects. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a lightning in a bottle situation where it's just so, it looks like it was made with like bubble gum and scotch tape. And that can go really, really wrong. And for whatever reason here, it doesn't. It all went really, really right. So it's just like, you know, it's it's amazing that any good movies are ever made. It's such a weird process. Um, so yeah, everything just came together. It, this is the this is why a lot of times I get in trouble when I talk horror movies because it's a lot of me saying, no, that movie sucked, that movie sucked, that movie sucked. So it sounds like I don't like horror movies. And we I think when we did Halloween ends, at one point you said to me, You obviously just don't like slasher movies. And it's like, I do. But it's, you know, it's hit or miss. And this is one that I just love. That's why I could never say I, I don't love slasher movies. I love this one. And, right. You know, we talked about five, at least five earlier. So I, I like them, but I, there's a, a lot. I guess the ones I like are maybe few and far between with so many that come out. You know, um, I'm not as much of a horror head as you guys are, but there's definitely the ones mixed in there that, that I love. And this is one of them. 
All right. Um, um, let me see here. I had three for each. I had three pros and I had three cons selected. And you guys have pretty much ran down my pros. So I will reiterate <laughs> the practical <laughs> effects from Ed French, the breeze of a runtime, and the unintentional comedy. It's, it's <laughs> unintentionally one of the funniest horror films from the 80s. Uh, those are my three pros for that. So there you go. I'll probably shout out you guys for the cons as well. Josh, you're up. Okay. I I, I can't write them down because I'm like, you could, could the effects be somewhat better? Probably. But they're good enough for me. Could the acting be a little better? Probably. But it's good enough for me. I feel like if I change any of this stuff, it's going to take away the charm of the film. I don't want it. Keep it the same. No cons for me. I love this movie. All right, Justin. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't change a frame of this film. Like uh, everything about it is exactly what I want this kind of movie to be. Um, it more than lives up to it. So yeah, it, I hate that. I feel like I do that a lot. But you know, I I tend to sit in on movies that I love. So a lot of times it's like I I wouldn't change anything about this movie. And this happens to be one of those times. No cons. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not even sure this is a con. I just I wrote here. Like I said, I had three. The ridiculous dialogue and over-the-top antics should never be taken seriously. Sometimes it felt like an incomplete film that was edited together years later. Ha ha! It was. And yeah, actors are just given up by the third act. I'm talking about Karen in that instance because she does feel like in the third act. By the time they get to the pool, the uh, the, the the pool room, or whatever, the swimming pool area, she's right. just exhausted <laughs> so and not even cons to be taken seriously um so that being said we're gonna move on to mulligan moment if you had to do it all over again would you make the same choices and not gonna lie i have question mark question mark question mark because i don't know what i would change Yes, I'm going okay, first. I, I can go real quick because I think this is something that may only affect me because I've brought it up multiple times. Sure, can we it. make it more obvious that it's an apartment complex so I know what the <laughs> hell I'm at? <laughs> <laughs> I just was so confused that first time. I'm like, where in the hell are we at? In fact, until they that one point Todd comes in and it says Shadow Woods and I was like, Oh, they're at an apartment complex. Now it all makes sense. Now that I want, because even when watching the the dinner scene, I wondered why that room looked so small. I've been in apartments. I should have got it from there. I didn't. It just wasn't clicking. So make it more obvious for me. I got to be honest. When I imagined talking about this movie, I didn't realize so much time was going to be devoted to whether or not this was an apartment complex. It's you're welcome. Very funny line of uh, discussion with this movie. I I absolutely understand and agree with you. By the way, I completely get it. It it does take a few scenes for that information to be presented and for it to make sense. Yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have any, you know, like I said with my pros, I don't, or no, mulligan, yeah, I mean, it kind of ties in with the cons. I don't, I don't have a mulligan moment. I would not change a single second of this movie. I love, I love every single bit of it. Yeah, I'm not really trying to change anything myself, so I guess we'll leave that one blank and go to, uh, we're going to move on to the figure looking good and talk about our favorite parts of the film. Finger looking good. (laughs) we like the best. Josh, you're up. 
All right. And I, I feel like I'm probably going to steal it from you guys, but it's just the collection of scenes. Every time we cut back to Maddie doing something crazy, whether it's eating, <laughs> eating in front, on the floor in the front of the fridge, cleaning the operator. It's just all her stuff after <laughs> she finds out the news that Todd's been released. It's a collection of scenes put together. I just, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. That, that shot of her sitting on the floor in front of the open fridge is one of the greatest shots <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It's it's just amazing. Um, see, I mean, I they, yeah, I, I could. I mean, there are so many scenes like that. Obviously, is the, her scenes stand out. Um, let me try to pick something else then, so we can mix it up a little bit. What's another one that just immediately stands out in my mind? Um, shit. They're all kind of flooding to me. I, I'm I, all right. I'm going to come out of left field with this one. And this isn't obvious, and there's stuff I like better. But I just when I watched it yesterday, I was really into the the Angie scenes. Like I just really got into her character for some reason, and the fact that like she's just throwing herself at everybody, and nobody's taking the bait. And the scene with where they're playing tennis and the the horror makeup. Um, I'll throw anything having to do with her out there because I just found all that like super charming. The entire middle act, when everyone starts getting picked off one by one, for me, that's that's my favorite part of this film. Um, kind of the opposite of uh, Luis Lazar at the refrigerator with the phone. <laughs> I just love them both, though. Honestly, no, that's fair. You know, that's fair. just the middle, the, the second act, the whole second act of this movie is great. Everything yeah. from the ridiculous killing that's going on outside to cut back inside, and his mother's just doing some some comedic shit. So it's a lot of comedic gold right there, even though it wasn't intentional. I'm sure back in '83 when they filmed this. <laughs> so all that collectively said let's move on to our movie mvps all right now you might think i'm a little biased but i take my job as a presenter very seriously i will show no favoritism i am here to honor excellence and the most valuable player is who stood out who's the best better than all the rest josh you're up all right i'm going back to it again it's louise lasser that's i mean she's it's i love it She's so awesome in the movie. I, whether it's intentional or not, I do not care. I don't think it is at all. <laughs> but I fucking love it more every time uh, I watch it. I just look forward to seeing her scenes cut back to her. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, literally the same thoughts on her performance. Yeah, it, it, I get giddy every time. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm in for such a treat here. Um. Also, again, a shout out to the the, the practical effects. Um, a few times you can see strings, and you know, what, which is actually part of the charm again. Um, but like you guys pointed out, that that opening shot, that, that opening kill, is a gnarly little kill for a movie like this. So, um, yeah, the, the the gore is not to be um, scoffed at. Yeah, well, some of it is. The 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 doctor cut in half is very very funny. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's just that that's a big part of my reason for loving this movie as much as I do is the, the practical effects. Just love them. Yeah, my MVP is uh, Mark Sopper. I just think he's legitimately great in the dual roles, like I mentioned before, during the breakdown. Um, I think he's so convincing, you know, playing two different characters Especially when they're both on screen and the way they do this, such a low budget, it's like it's it's 
fascinating to me. And to pull something like that off, like you gotta have range. And I feel like he has it. I mean, it's you know, you know, Louise Lazar, nothing against her. Everything she does is great as well. I just think the fact that Mark's able to pull off Terry and Todd, you know, like I said, so convincingly, you know, and make them they couldn't be further opposite from one another and you know it's it's just the way he's able to do that so for me he's my mvp and uh that being said we're going to move on now to our final effect ratings how would you rate this one Miles? and double feature pairings yeah we made a great pair all right josh make it a good okay, one so, all right before we get there i'm sorry i'm gonna make this longest shit for you but you motherfucker one thing i forgot to mention when you said mark soper it reminded me that pool scene, when they're standing each other back and forth, every time it cuts to one of them, it's clearly someone else. And I was like, oh, I love it. it was, this was the first no, time yeah. I ever noticed that today. Well, yeah, when they're fighting. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. They're fighting. yeah. <laughs> I actually had not noticed that before until this time for some and they, reason. I they was like, ADR oh, my God. And it's like, it's, so it's Mark Sofer is, is clearly playing Todd in that scene. And the, the other, you know, they got somebody just playing Terry from behind. And then they right. ADR in his voice as Terry, like, I'm going to yes. get you, Todd, or like just something. <laughs> <laughs> like to cover up the fact that you well, can't see your his butt. face. Yeah, it's great. It's so funny. <laughs> it is. But all right, I'm, I promise we'll get you out of here soon. All right, my rating and pairing. All right, when I first saw this, I was like, "That's pretty good. It's a three star movie." But I watch it every year, and I'm up to what I call this a perfectly flawed movie. It's a five star rating for me. And Damn. I think five star ratings oh, yeah. are sacred around here. <laughs> I, I love them. I love it. I love it. I watch it every year. I, I seem to like it more and enjoy it more every time I watch it. It took a while. It took it took five years to get there because I had it rated four four stars from the last time I'd watched it. So it, it takes time for me to get there, but I've gotten there with this one. As for my pairing, Ed, maybe you guys can appreciate this. I'm going to take a page out of Andrew's book, but mm. not as a joke. I'm being serious. And when I say that, I mean, this movie's not out yet. But I have a feeling a great pairing with this for me is going to be Eli Ross Thanksgiving coming out soon. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to pair it with. Drive hungry, leave stuff. Oh, be carved. That's going to be fun. All right, Justin. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I say there's a, not a thing I wouldn't change about it. That, that I, a thing I wouldn't change about it. Um, I still don't know if I can go five stars though. It just there's something about it that doesn't feel i don't know i might be talking myself out of that though because i love it that much <laughs> like i really do yeah fuck it. i'm going five stars i'm gonna go oh. five stars like it's Damn. just it's just like this is what i want this kind of movie to be um nice. yeah i wouldn't change anything about it it's fun it's short um yeah it, it's like it, i guess it is sort of a perfect slap well See, that's the thing. To me, Halloween is a perfect slasher because Halloween is not nearly a, a, a tenth of the gore of this movie, but it's objectively like a well-made movie, whereas this isn't. Um, it's fair. But, but I love them both for those... Like, I love Halloween because it's actually a really well-crafted movie on such a low budget, but I love this movie because it's so cheap-looking, but that's part of why I love it. So, uh, you know five-star movies can be five stars for different reasons i suppose so yeah i, I guess i've talked myself into that on this awesome. um love to hear it for the pairing 
Um, I would go with pieces. It has that same sort of cheap feeling that this has. Um, it's ridiculous. It's it's hilarious. It's a fucking hilarious movie. I think pieces might even be funnier than this. Um, some good gore effects, and it, it evolves around uh, like psychosexual dysfunction, like Terry or yes. yeah, like Terry does in this movie. So. Uh, this and pieces be a, a good one-two punch, I think. Uh, have you guys ever seen pieces? I have I've never so seen long. pieces. No. Oh man, I, pieces I, is I, so I, fun. Yeah, I bought it on a bootleg DVD from a convention years ago, so I have not seen it in so long. I can't really comment on it. Go back and watch it. If, like I said, and tell me, like, not that it's the same by any means as this movie. It's just a similar vibe. It's just it's fucking silly but it's gory um yeah go back and watch pieces if it's been a while or if you've never seen it, it it's really a very fun movie and i don't know anybody early, what's that i was gonna say did they really make puzzles like that in the early 80s that, <laughs> right. that boys doing well i think that the puzzle part was supposed to be when he was a kid so i guess that would have been like in the 60s which makes it even That's weirder i guess they fair. took like like a playboy cover and made it into a puzzle which i don't know <laughs> if that was a thing or not but <laughs> Um, yeah, that, it, it's a really fun movie. So I guess I gotta be the asshole to give it four out of five. That's no good. <laughs> you, you know what, Ed? I'm gonna say this. This is one of those movies that when people give it five, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And if someone gives it one, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, like I, I get it. I get it. This isn't the movie I can say no. There's no way you can look at that that way. I mean, I gotta, I hold, up, I gotta hold up some integrity here as a reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> if you give it a one, you just hate fun. Uh, like, no, go, I mean, right. come on. Four. I'm gonna knock Not it up you. a half a star notch someone. from the last viewing. The last time I rated it, it's on my letterbox. I gave it three and a half. This time, I'm gonna give it four. Think moving up and for moving up. you know because it's just it's a flawed but fun horror film from a bygone era. Some great effects, some ridiculous antics, but overall, a very memorable horror film that. uh I don't know. I feel like more people should uh should uh hear about. Anyway, yeah, I'm be... not a I'm not a big nostalgia guy. Like there's, you know, I like a lot of old, most of the stuff that I watch is older movies, but not for nostalgic reasons. Um, but there's a certain thing about watching those '80s horror movies that just, you know, it does make you nostalgic. They obviously don't make them like that anymore, and I don't like movies that try to approximate old movies so much like that i just find that annoying so it really is a little bit of a time capsule going back and watching a movie like this you want to pair it up with mother's day from 1980 from ah, charlie nice. kaufman another over-the-top 80s horror film that deals with family and over-the-top antics yet one another calendar holiday of the year and that is going to do it for this thanksgiving episode of the Film Effect Podcast, and that's a wrap on Blood Rage, a film that 100% gets that full Film Effect seal of approval. One down, many more to follow. If this was your first time with us, then we hope you had fun with this episode. Let us know what you thought of the episode by leaving us a quick rating or review on Apple, Spotify, Facebook. Leave us an email, filmeffectpod at gmail.com, or review us wherever you're able to do so. Just make sure you're on the up and up by following us on the socials at Film Effect Pod on Twitter or X, the Film Effect Podcast, everywhere else. And all 
All I gotta do now is thank Josh for his time on the podcast for this fantastic episode. Thanks again, man. I knew we'd be able to make this happen this year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, man, man. Thanks for being here. Awesome talking yeah. to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was fun. So now you've been assigned with the easy task of letting everyone know where they can know what, what, what your next favorite movie is and where they can find it as well as yourself. Uh, your next favorite movie is a combination of things. Most of the time, I have guests on to talk about one of their favorite movies, just in a brief, pretty much spoiler-free fashion, just to do an introduction to movies. I've done a few deep dive reviews. Recently, I did a movie draft just to try something new. So it's so wherever you're listening to this, unless you're on their actual website, I guess. If not, go to a podcatcher. Look up your next favorite movie. Probably there. And just follow me on Twitter slash X at YNFMoviePod, because that's where... I'll keep the movie conversation going. We're active on there. There you go. And as always, I will leave the links in the episode notes. And until next week, we'll be giving another movie that old film effect treatment. And until then, I'm Ed. I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And this has been another episode of the Film Effect Podcast. That ain't cranberry sauce. Sean, do your thing. All right, gang. We're going to see you all again next time. When those theater lights go dim, the opening credits begin to roll. sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce.